Hey friends, Ryan Dorn here, and this is what's coming up on this month's edition of the podcast. We're going to talk specifically about seven ways to create quality post-COVID sales conversations. Back to get back to work kind of strategies. Those are coming up next. Also, great questions from Barb from Idaho, Travis from Burbank, Terry from Chicago. Three great questions all about sales, working remote, COVID-19, LinkedIn, you name it. Mike Olbert's going to join me to dissect those here in a couple of seconds. And some great digital sales strategy ideas from Charity Huff over at January Spring and David Walsh from Web Publisher Pro. Friends, that's all coming up next. Stick around, stay close. Here we go. From the Brainswell Media Studios, welcome to Ad Sales Nation with your host, Ryan Dorn. Each month, Ryan digs deep on the issues and challenges facing media salespeople like you every day. Ryan is a 28-year media veteran, an Emmy winner, a sales coach, and he still sells media every day just like you. Now, your host, your coach, your fellow media sales warrior, Ryan Dorn. Thanks, Deborah. Ryan Dorn here, friends. Welcome to the podcast. Glad to have you here. We're going to get your listener questions here in just a couple of minutes and some other great ideas. Let's talk about seven ways to create quality post-COVID sales conversations. Now, at the onset, friends, I think it's important for all of you to know, one of the things that makes me different is I still sell every day. <laughs> a, lot of these, a lot of these trainers and so-called quote-unquote gurus out there using air quotes um, those folks haven't sold in a very, very long time. So the ideas that I'm sharing with you on the show each and every month are things that I'm actually doing with my customers in a sales and marketing environment. These aren't things that I've read in a book. These aren't things that have been used uh, since 1980. These are new and evolving ideas. And when you think about COVID and post-COVID sales, it's important for me first to start out with just a little brief statement. In no way, shape, or form am I trying to downplay or diminish the dramatic impact that the novel coronavirus, COVID-19, has had on America and the United States. And I don't want to get into any politics. I think you all can handle your own politics in your own way. I do, though, see, though, that we need to start our sales conversations. We've got to start getting back to business, whatever that means for your particular company, as it relates to sales and marketing. So as I talk through these business ideas, friends, don't ever misunderstand as I joke around, as we have some fun together. Don't ever think that I don't take seriously what COVID-19 has done to our friends, some of our family, and some of our colleagues. All right, so let's talk about seven ways to get back to business here. Number one, the time really is now for us to get back to sales conversations. Now, there are a lot of folks out there on the social webs out there talking about selling during COVID-19. It was tough. And um, the conversations were rough at the beginning. Well, now at the time of this recording, you know, we're some almost two months into this and the conversations are okay now. Now, you know, maybe one out of 50 folks that I'm going to call on, they've been personally impacted. Something has happened in their family and they're not ready to talk. And I get it. I totally get it. And so for those folks, when I get them on the phone, I just apologize. I simplify, sympathize and just say, hey, you know, when you're ready to, 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 talk, to talk, I'm here. I'm here for you. So, but the time is now, but you want to be careful. One of the things that I hear a lot of sales reps doing that I think is just wrong and marketers as well is starting every conversation with, hey, Bob, how you doing? Now, if you've known the person for 45 years, even for five years, I recognize that you know them. They, you might consider them a colleague. And so you might start the conversation with, hey, hey, Bob, how's it going? But if you're calling on me or I'm calling on a new prospect and I don't know them from anybody, I think asking them about their personal health probably is not the most positive way to start the conversation. Also, everybody's starting the conversation that way. 
Unfortunately, it leads to a pretty negative start to a sales call. So what I like to do is take a little different spin on it. I might say, hi, Bob, I've got some news to share with you. Some good news, as a matter of fact. Would you have time for a new idea? Or, hey, Bob, I see some light here at the end of the old proverbial business tunnel, and I'd love to chat with you a little bit about some new ideas. What do you think? And I think that's a really appropriate way to start the conversation. Now, I just want to caution you again. When you start a conversation with, hi, Bob, how you doing? You might get someone that says back to you, well, Ryan, how the blank do you think I'm doing? So I'm not saying you shouldn't sympathize. I'm just saying that everybody starting every conversation with, hey, how you doing? And a lot of times it leads to a pretty negative conversation or a pretty negative start. You know, it's really up to you and your personal preference. It was a little tough for me in the beginning to just kind of get right past the, hey, how you doing? Now, remember, if you've had a relationship with somebody for years, I fully recognize that you want to find out, hey, what they're doing. But otherwise, my first tip for you is to try to start the conversation with a little more positive phrasing for a little more positive conversation. Second thing, recognize, friends, a lot of people are still working from home. Here's what's really interesting about COVID-19. On a positive side, if there is such a thing, on a positive side, pretty much everybody knows how to do a go-to-meeting or a Zoom meeting now. So that makes it a little bit easier to sell. We had my mom on a Zoom meeting the other night. So come on, guys. If my mom can run Zoom, okay, you guys can too, okay? I love her, but she's not the most technically savvy person. But you know what? She's doing great advancing on technology here in uh, in COVID-19 and in a post-COVID world. Many folks are still working from home. So the chances of catching them in a non-distracted environment, now they might have kids, etc. I mean the distractions they normally would find at work. The chance of catching them at home in a more of a non-distracted way could be pretty possible. Or if you looked on LinkedIn, you see they've got six kids. They might be heavily distracted working from home. Just recognize a lot of folks are still working from home. So what that means is idea number three, recognize that prospecting times have changed. Marketing reception times have changed. So here on the show, we talk about sales. We talk about marketing. All right, let's talk about pre-COVID. I'd be advising you pre-COVID to call folks at 11.15 and 4.15. 11.15 because most people don't book meetings before lunch. So pretty good chance you're going to get through to them. 4.15, most people don't book meetings before going home. So your chance of getting through to them is actually pretty good. Well, during COVID and post-COVID, especially if people are working from home, 4 o'clock has become the new 5 o'clock. So that afternoon time block for me has definitely changed. So that's changed to be more like, let's just say, around a, a 3.15 prospecting block. Now, how about the morning? Well, I'm noticing that a lot of folks are getting to work sooner when they're working remote. Now, you might have kids to get started on schoolwork and that kind of thing. But I'm noticing that a lot of folks are responding to emails earlier in the day. So what I've been doing is changing that 11.15 time block to more like a 10 to 10.30 time block, specifically for prospecting. Here's the takeaway on that. Look at your client list, monitor your CRM, and look and see when people are responding. Of course, friends, keep your emails, keep your marketing short. Recognize, though, friends, from a marketing perspective, it's important to hit people not at random times, but at times that you're going to get the very best open rate. In the past, 11.15, 4.15 in their time zone was great. Now I'm noticing it's more like a 10.30-ish 
and somewhere around 3.15 to 3.30-ish time block as it relates to that. So make sure you recognize times have changed. Idea four for you. What I like to do is work with people on their deadlines. So in the post-COVID world, there's going to be a lot of deadlines as people get back to some semblance of normalcy. So rather than asking needs, goals, and desires, what I'm really focusing in on is recognizing, hey, what are your deadlines? As you get back to work, what are the deadlines that are being placed on you from a technology perspective, from a marketing perspective, from a sales perspective, and then work backwards from those deadlines? See, a lot of times in the sales world, what we do is we sell forward meaning that we work with folks and we try to push them into our sales funnel rather than us working with their particular sales funnel or their buying cycle. So one of the things that I'm doing is really getting intimate with what are your deadlines? What do you have coming up? What's going on? And then I back myself into success. Use their own deadlines to potentially drive the conversation forward from my perspective. All right, idea number five for you. Friends, recognize you are 50, 60, 70% more likely to do business post-COVID with somebody that has already done business with you in the past. Now, why is that statistically really accurate? I know that's a range, 50 to 70%, but you're more likely to do business with people from the past. Well, there's two things in sales that really stop us. One, with new customers, stranger danger. Now, stranger danger is real. Now, the second thing that's there is going to be health issues, safety concerns. Now, some of you in the past, you've been really big on getting face-to-face with your customers. I'm going to say over the next six months or so, that's probably pretty unlikely. Now, the good news is, as I mentioned previously here a couple seconds ago, is that people are getting pretty darn good with Zoom, GoToMeeting, Google Meet, that kind of thing. So I think that video selling has become sort of a new thing that's very, very important for all of us to embrace. But you're more likely to also get a referral from a past customer. So what's your referral program? Now, I like to refer business. I think it's good for business. I think people appreciate it. But you really got to ask yourself, hey, you know, what am I really going to get in terms of a referral? Do you have a good referral program? All right, idea six for you. You really got to set time zones and you really have got to create a good rhythm. It'll really help keep you focused. So when you're setting time zones, be asking yourself, like I mentioned earlier, how has the time zones changed in a post-COVID world? Think about that. But then also recognize that you need to get religious about those time zones. Block them out, pay attention to those time zones, and really live and die by them. Get consistent randomness, it's really not going to help you. And then I also use lists in my CRM to keep me focused. Whether you tag customers in your lists, whatever you do, during those time zones, I like to work a lot of lists. And I think that's important too. All right, number seven for you, creating great post-COVID conversations. Really recognize, friends, sales is a numbers game. Now, I love relationships, but when push comes to shove, math doesn't lie. So make sure that you understand sales is a numbers game. How many phone calls will you need to make? How many emails will you need to send for you to get a meeting booked with somebody? And then once you book that meeting, how many meetings does it take for you to actually get a closed deal? Friends, it's okay to sell in a post-COVID world. Of course, be sympathetic, but then just recognize that the time is now to sell, get back to work, stay ahead of the game. And friends, I think we're going to be successful 
in a post-COVID world. All right, we got some great stuff coming up. Questions from Barb, Travis, and Terry. And Mike Obert from Open Look is going to help me dissect those. We'll come back here in just a couple seconds and answer those. Also, great advice from Charity Huff and David Walsh, all straight ahead. If you would, indulge me for a couple of seconds. Let me pay a few bills. I'd be a pretty bad sales coach if I didn't have a few sponsors here of the podcast. So give me 40 seconds. We'll pay some bills, and we'll be back with more right after this. The Ad Sales Nation podcast with Ryan Dorn is brought to you in part by the strategy and design team at Web Publisher Pro. When it's time for your media company to have a top-notch website that is designed for optimal revenue potential, turn to David and the creative team at Web Publisher Pro. Learn more online at webpublisherpro.com. Thank you to the team over at Open Look Business Solutions. Outsource sales tasks, data cleanup, telemarketing, design tasks, or hire a virtual assistant. Reach out to Mike at open-look.com. That's open-look.com. Thank you to the fine folks at January Spring. If you are looking to grow revenue by offering white-label digital services like SEO, social media, or programmatic ads, reach out to Charity over at JanuarySpring.com. Charity loves to strategize about growing revenue. You sell it and January Spring fulfills it. Learn more online at JanuarySpring.com. Okay, now back to the show. Here's your sales coach, Ryan Dorn. All right, friends and fans, one of my favorite parts of the podcast every month is when Charity Huff from January Spring joins in on the line. And um, Charity, you know, everybody's kind of uh, locked at home, you know, now amidst COVID and now we're starting to come out on the other side of it. I'm guessing, and you tell me if I'm right or wrong here, I'm guessing that digital consumption, app consumption, it's got to be sort of at record all-time highs. What are you What are you seeing out there? Holy cow, it's crazy. Digital content, or excuse me, Digital content consumption is up 70% since mid-March. That's a crazy number. And 20% increase for our app usage with us all hanging out at home. I mean, this afternoon, I'm going to go sit in the backyard, soak up the sun, look at some Facebook, you know, read my favorite news app, all of those things. That's what people are doing. So do you feel like should the sales conversation, we don't want to shift away from your main core product set as a media company, but shouldn't these conversations really be dramatically shifting to say, hey guys, Mr. or Mrs. Advertiser, you really need to be paying attention to this. You have to be where we consumers are. And if we are on mobile and on apps, your message has to be there. Uh, So we as salespeople have to do the right thing by our advertisers and help them understand that this is the consumer shift and put together the right marketing program to touch those people where they are. And that's where they're at. They're on digital and they're on apps. One of the things that I was, um, as we went through a couple of webinars with, from, from a marketing perspective, is Nielsen and others have told us that in a 30-day period of time, you need to have your brand, your business, et cetera, in front of a individual consumer a minimum of 10 times in three different medias. So the programmatic piece that we're talking about, delivering advertising to apps and things like that, that's mm-hmm. on the digital side of the pyramid, if you will. And then you've got traditional media and then you've got social as separate. What have mm-hmm. you kind of seen out there in terms of like do people, if, if you were to had a dollar as an example, are they putting... 50 cents in print and 25 cents in social and 25 cents in digital or 
kind of how are, what have you seen people, how are they breaking it out? Yeah, actually, that's a pretty close breakout. It might be 40% in print and 60% between social and digital. But I think that that's a really good way to think of it. You do want to touch your core readers and connect your advertisers to those core readers. But don't forget about your digital magazine, your digital news site, your digital broadcast site, because that's just as important. And if you are capturing those people as part of your audience, um, your digital audience, then make sure that you're remarketing to those people on behalf of your advertisers. So that's a big piece and what we've been spending a lot of time helping our publishers do over the last few weeks. Because most of our publishers are reporting that their their own web traffic is mm-hmm. up 40 to 60%. So that jives with exactly what we're talking about with digital content consumption being up 70%. Yeah, compared to the same time last year and then also compared to the same time, you know, 60 days ago, uh, groups, companies like Town News are seeing national trends 40, 60% higher. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a really great group, RJ Media out of Connecticut. Some of those folks um, saying that looking at increases of 100% in some cases. Had a group That's in Florida. Awesome. They're up 200% in some cases. I think one of the things that all the sales reps that listen to this podcast need to think about is there's confusion out there with your advertisers. They think social is digital advertising. And it's not that it technically is not, but digital is more like programmatic, banner ads, online Mm -hmm. sponsored content. Social is social. So if an advertiser says to me, well, we're already doing digital. Well, tell me what you mean. Because a lot of times I think there might be some confusion. Now, I know you go out on sales calls, so you see that. Is that confusion real? It is. Business owners and marketers on the business side just lump it all together. Right. They're saying anything that happens on this device is digital. Right. So they're not technically wrong. But for us as marketers, there is a difference because in the case of social, you're still letting Facebook control a lot of the messaging and the distribution versus in true digital. Like you're talking about digital display, banners, programmatic, geofencing. You get to control the distribution, the timing, a lot more um, of what's important to the advertiser. You know, that's a really important point that I want everybody, all of our listeners to really pay attention to. And that is when an advertiser says to you they're doing social on their own, a lot of times they don't realize Facebook is going to do a good job for them in general, but Facebook is going to serve that advertising at a rate and a time, like a frequency and times that work for them. They're not Mm -hmm. looking at it going, hey, here's Ryan Doran Company. And they get a higher engagement on Sunday afternoons at 2. Let's wait and serve it then. Um, It doesn't work like that in the background. In the background, it's kind of like an auction, isn't it, in the background at Facebook? It's a pretty big black box inside of Facebook. (laughs) So, yes, it is an auction as to what you pay. But there's very little um, control that you have over frequency, um, and reach like we do in traditional display and programmatic display where I can say, I don't want to touch this person any more than three X a day, or I only want to touch them based off of this day parting rule or at this specific location. You have a lot more control around how you build those campaigns. Well, friends, I know that charity loves to strategize and she loves to sit down and talk with you about new revenue ideas. And then in addition to that, loves to help your advertisers. So her team will get out in the street and sell with you as well. So it's JanuarySpring.com. It's where you can find out more. So Charity, thanks so much for uh, joining us every month and sharing some expertise. 
Thank you, Ryan. Friends and fans, how fortunate are we to have two digital experts on every show? So Charity Huff, uh, thanks so much. And how about David Walsh over from Web Publisher Pro? Uh, David, just got done talking about all digital all the time with Charity. And I can imagine from the web side of things, you guys are probably slammed right now with web traffic on the rise. Yeah, absolutely. We're uh, we're really busy keeping uh, clients uh, have their sites live and active, serving their traffic spikes, and uh, just trying to be agile and adapt to kind of the new climate. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, I've heard across the country, we talked about it a little bit on the last podcast, but my clients are telling me that um, their traffic is is spiking uh, for local media, national media. What are you seeing from your clients and stuff like that in term of terms of traffic spikes? Yeah, we're across the board seeing a 50 to 100 percent traffic spike uh, pretty much on any site. It doesn't even uh, matter if it's local news or lifestyle content. Uh, We're seeing a lot of people consuming content because they're home and they can't go out and they're reading. Yeah, that's good. The other thing is people are becoming uh, they really like the websites. So COVID-19, if there is a good side uh, to it, is that they're spending a lot of time, you know, on these uh, on these media company websites I'm sensing, and you please correct me if I'm wrong or tell me the right direction on this, I'm sensing there's probably a lot of open inventory. So our salespeople really should be looking at the inventory that's available and really should be selling that open inventory on the web and in the e-newsletters as well. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot of open inventory um, and there's uh, differences in rates that are happening as well. Um, so we're having a lot of changes with publishers and uh, shifting around uh, ad placements to adjust for the inventory um, and overall uh, serve the ads that they have uh, better for the reader. Makes sense. Yeah. Now, is there a, during COVID, pre-COVID, um, is there been a big difference at all between mobile and desktop usage? Absolutely. Uh, Before uh, the COVID and the quarantine stay-at-home orders, uh, traffic across the board was generally about 60-40 split, so 60% mobile, 40 on desktop. Uh, We're seeing a a big shift now to 80-20, so 80% mobile, Uh, and that's that's pretty standard across the board. So just kind of out of nowhere, I'm thinking, you know, this. So if somebody, if just because their website works on a mobile phone doesn't necessarily mean that it's designed for a mobile, for a mobile phone, is there a kind of an easy way for publishers to test how it's working on the phone? Because I guess that makes sense, doesn't it? it? It might not be designed for mobile, but it works mobile. But if it's designed for mobile, it's going to perform better. Yeah, one of the uh, things that we tell publishers to do a lot uh, is to just go on their own website on their iPhone or Android device. And every time they see something they don't like, take a screenshot of it. Um, And then when they're done uh, going through the entire site, uh, look at your media library on your phone and see how many screenshots you have. And uh, a lot of times it puts it into perspective of how much work your site actually needs on mobile. That makes sense. Now, what about the sizing of ads? I'm noticing that uh, folks are really, it seems like they're clicking more on ads that are bigger, the drop-down ads, the 300 by 600 are you seeing better click-through rates, the same, bigger ads, smaller ads? What's kind of the trend here? Yeah, bigger ads for sure, um, both on desktop and mobile. Um, creative placements like in the top, uh, interstitial ads, the ads that are like the footer ones that float and come up from the bottom. Uh, so we're seeing the bigger ads um, and for lack of better terms, more invasive ads, uh, getting a much higher click-through rate of right. like two to five percent, um, which is 
you know, really good during these times uh, for your advertisers. No, it makes sense. One of the things I tell publishers all the time, David, maybe you agree, is it's not about what you like. <laughs> it's about what the advertisers will buy and what the readers will respond to. I notice a lot of times publishers, media companies, radio station general managers are like, well, I don't like that. And do you come across that a lot? Because I feel like people are following their gut and sometimes it leads them the wrong direction as far as web design goes. Yeah, absolutely. We've uh, seen plenty of case studies with direct sale ads uh, where we've suggested zones and the publisher didn't like it at first, um, but then their ad sales rep uh, was able to go out and just sell a ton of ads um, because of the new placements. And even on the programmatic side, uh, we had uh, kind of a quick case study of one publisher that uh, really didn't like some of the invasive ads uh, that were on the site and popping up all over the place. Um, but then his uh, his monthly revenue from those ads was about forty thousand dollars a month. Uh, so he started liking the ads after he got the check. Yeah, once there's dollar signs involved, David, I think it, it you know it really matters. So yeah, then, then he was asking for more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> me too. Yeah, me too. Give me more money. So that's great. Well, um, friends and fans, one of the things that David is really really great at, um, besides the web design piece of it at his agency, is strategizing about what you can do to your website, whether you have it fully optimized now or not, or you're looking for a redesign. Uh, David really loves to uh, to strategize. Uh, so thanks, David, for being here. Webpublisherpro.com uh, is where you need to go to uh, check out the website and uh, learn more about it. So David, thanks so much for uh, sharing some insights and um, for being a part of the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, we got some great stuff coming up. Questions from Barb, Travis, and Terry. And Mike Obert from OpenLook is going to help me dissect those. We'll come back here in just a couple seconds and answer those and so much more right here on the podcast. Stick around, friends, and stay close. We'll be back. The Ad Sales Nation podcast with Ryan Dorn is brought to you in part by the strategy and design team at Web Publisher Pro. When it's time for your media company to have a top-notch website that is designed for optimal revenue potential, turn to David and the creative team at Web Publisher Pro. Learn more online at webpublisherpro.com. Thank you to the team over at OpenLook Business Solutions. Outsource sales tasks, data cleanup, telemarketing, design tasks, or hire a virtual assistant. Reach out to Mike at open-look.com. That's open-look.com. Thank you to the fine folks at January Spring. If you are looking to grow revenue by offering white-label digital services like SEO, social media, or programmatic ads, reach out to Charity over at JanuarySpring.com. Charity loves to strategize about growing revenue. You sell it and January Spring fulfills it. Learn more online at JanuarySpring.com. Okay, now back to the show. Here's your sales coach, Ryan Dorn. All right, friends and fans, one of my favorite times of the podcast each and every month is when Mike Obert from OpenLook Business Solutions jumps on the line with us. And, and uh, Mike, we've been talking a little bit um, through COVID-19. I'm sure that uh, things are rolling the right direction. Are you getting used to, to being uh, confined at home with the kids and everything like that? Lock my door, lock the bedroom door every morning and say, nobody come in, nobody come in. But yeah, we're getting, we're getting used to it. We're getting the hang of it for sure. And I imagine now that people are working from home, they're really utilizing your services uh, even more in terms of virtual assistance and, and things like that, yeah. I assume. Projects and things that need to get done and they can't find people to get it done. So yeah, the last couple months have been really crazy for us. Oh, that's great. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, um, I, you know, you see me do all these social media updates like almost every day. And it's Mike's team from OpenLook, uh, my virtual assistant there that um, keeps all that stuff 
updated. So uh, thanks, Mike, for all the, the hard work on that. Yep. No, we love you. Love you, Ryan. I appreciate it. So, okay, let's um, answer these listener questions. We got uh, Barb from Idaho, uh, Terry from Chicago, and uh, Travis from Burbank that's Burbank that sent in their questions. Hey, if you got questions, friends, send them over to me, ryan at ryandorn.com, and uh, Mike and I will dissect those. So, all right, good question. Uh, Barb from Idaho, here's the uh, question. And uh, Mike, this one's actually addressed to you. You're very popular. So uh, it even says, hey, Mike. (laughs) Um, Hey, Mike, um, what are some ideas to keep me focused on sales as I work remotely? Uh, Mike, some thoughts on that, and I'll throw in my two cents as well. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Um, The, you know, most people are going to say, hey, time management and plan your day. But when you're working remote, I mean, let's be honest, like all of our days are just all upside down right now. We're all trying to get used to doing it. So some things that I've found that has worked for me and some work for some of the people that I work with is you're going to have to start doing some things at some odd hours. So I'm getting up extra early, 5.30, 6 o'clock, trying to get as much of the maintenance type stuff out of the way before the kids get up or before things start rolling around the house. Um, so that I can stay focused on those tasks during that time. And then you're just going to have to have a, a pretty fluid schedule throughout the day, right? So, you know, I, if you want to do your, your cold calling, your prospecting in the morning, but hey, something's come up and, you know, your, your kid or, or something's going on in the house and you just can't do it, you're just going to have to plan that you're going to do it in the afternoon. So um, I try to, you know, try to do some things during the different odd hours. Sure. Try to have a very fluid schedule so that, you know, at least you're getting your two hours, three hours of cold calling in um, and, and doing stuff like that. Yeah, it makes sense. One of the things I'm doing and advising people to do is work lists. And so lists of a to-do list and lists of clients is not something that's brand new to either of us, Mike. We've both been selling for collectively probably like 60 years or something crazy. And lists in my CRM, whatever CRM that you use, you can usually either tag uh, a group of clients or you can add them to a contact group or whatever the circumstances. And then one of the things I'm doing to stay focused is I'm working lists. So I might say at 11 a.m., I'm going to work my main prospecting list, as an example. At 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm going to work my retention list. Um, at noon, um, I'm going to work my my renewals list or something like that. And so I've been working a lot of lists. The other thing, and I don't know if this is a problem for you, Mike, or for the others that are listening to the podcast, I am um, I don't let my inbox control my day because if I find myself staring at my inbox, then that means I'm waiting for it to guide me. And if your inbox yes. guides your day, that means you become a slave to your inbox, Barb. And you definitely don't uh, want to do that. Do you have that experience, uh, Mike, where sometimes you find yourself just kind of like lost in the glow of the screen? <laughs> or, the, or the ding that comes in. You're like, oh, there's another one. Yes, I yeah. got an email. But <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, and, and also uh, things that I like to do too is, is like Zoom calls or Skype calls sure. or something that you have to have physical appearance with somebody else. It, right. it will make you... Hey, I've got to take my hat off, or I got to take a shower today, or I've got to get ready, you know, and, and getting ready to the office. Plus, you yeah. know, from your family perspective, of hey, I've got to call at eleven and eleven thirty and twelve. You know that you've blocked off time. Right. You know that you're going to be on with somebody, and so that they're going to have to respect your privacy or respect, you know, what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've set rules for you have to set rules for your family, for your cat, for your dog, for the mailman, for everything. 
and right. uh, Barb. So uh, you're not. So we're all as they as the commercials say, we're all in this together, uh, Barb uh, from Idaho. And thankfully, at least up in Idaho, you haven't been. Uh, the state hasn't been overtaken uh, with COVID nineteen. So hopefully, by the time you hear this, you guys will be somewhat back. Uh, you know, back to business. So good. Uh, good question from you, Barb in Idaho. Good stuff. Yeah. All right, uh, Terry from uh, my old stomping grounds uh, in in Chicago. Great question from from Terry here. Is LinkedIn still an effective way to reach people during and post uh, COVID? And uh, Terry, you know, good question. LinkedIn is probably one of my go-to sales tools of all the tools in the old toolbox. And what I found post-COVID, pre-COVID, during COVID (laughs) is um, that I found that LinkedIn continues to be uh, a great way to connect with people. One of the most common things, though, that people do that's a mistake, in my opinion, and then Mike, I'd love to hear your opinion. I actually don't connect with people until I've had some reason to connect with them or I've maybe had a conversation with them. What I don't care for is when people want to connect with me and A, I have no idea who they are. They're like not in my industry. They're from some foreign country. I have no idea who they are. I really value my network so much so that I don't connect with people until I really have a reason to. Now, a lot of people do that backwards. They connect and with them, and then they create a conversation. I just feel like my network is only as strong as the knowledge I have about the people that are in the network. So I have also found on LinkedIn that um, when I can in-message somebody, you have to pay for it, but when I in-message somebody, I almost always get a response. So I feel like everybody's all tired out on email, but LinkedIn messaging and the in-mail piece tends to tends to work for me. So I really like LinkedIn. Um, Mike, do you like LinkedIn? What do you use it for? That kind of thing. I use LinkedIn quite a bit. And especially as you're coming upon a new customer or client, you look them up and you can find out information about that person. I do subscribe to the premium service as well so that I can send out those messages. I've found the same exact experience as you have is if you do send a message through LinkedIn, uh, that nine times out of 10, somebody's going to respond to it. Um, even if it's, you know, thanks for connecting that kind of stuff. I will say though, I'm probably a little bit looser than you are. I will reach out to people that I haven't met yet, but are in that same industry Mm -hmm. and somebody that I think I might want to have on my list so that if I am posting information on LinkedIn, that I'm hoping that they're going to see it or join groups that I'm in. Uh, but yeah, I I do use uh, LinkedIn quite a bit just to, uh, uh, expand my network, um, in my, you know, business dealings. Yeah, a lot of times people say, do, should I prospect people from a sales perspective and be anonymous, like put myself in anonymous mode? And I say, no, I don't do that. Um, I, li- I want people to know that I'm looking at their profile, and I think that that's okay. So, And then Travis, Terry, Barb, everybody that's listening mm-hmm. to the podcast, don't be afraid to sell. Um, I can recognize in the first few days, first few weeks of COVID-19, it was super awkward. Now, it's not that people are over it per se, but it's okay. People are a lot more open to receiving sales calls now. And so get back to your game. Uh, as you said, Mike, you know, be sympathetic, be empathetic. Uh, but friends, don't be afraid to, to get back to your get back to your sales game. Uh-huh. Hey, um, so Mike, you mentioned to me that, um, you know, you guys uh, also have um, uh, at OpenLook, you have some salespeople that um, can potentially, um, you know, be used uh, at your, as your services, virtual assistants and all that kind of stuff. What kind of new things you guys have going on? We, uh, so we've got a lot of people now that, uh, are, are doing virtual employees. So over the last couple of months has things have changed for companies, either some people aren't, uh, some of their employees are not uh, able to get into the office here in the U S and 
they still need to get their publication out or they still need to get their product out. They need help. Um, and we've gotten a lot of calls from people like, look, I've got seven days to get something completed. Can you guys help us? Right. Um, so we've been jumping in on those projects. Um, and it, yeah, it seems like it's just been nonstop. It's been a crazy two months for us. Yeah, that's great. Just, you know, friends, just as an example, like I had a, a database project um, where I had a bunch of data that I needed to get put in one spreadsheet. And then my virtual assistant from OpenLook was able to take that data, kick it back to me uh, in less than 24 hours with all the data cleaned up and things like that. So anything that you can think to outsource is something that uh, you might want to reach out uh, to Mike on. So the website there is open-look.com, open-look.com. And reach out to Mike. He'd love to strategize. So thanks, Mike, for answering the questions. Sure appreciate uh, you jumping on the uh, jumping on the show with me every month. Yep. Thanks, Ryan. Hopefully sometime in the near future we'll be able to uh, see each other at a bar again. Exactly. Exactly. That's where we need to record the next podcast. That's for sure. <laughs> that would be so. great. All right, friends. That's the podcast for this month. Sure appreciate all your support all through COVID-19. Hey, we raised a lot of money for charity doing these uh, sales webinars. So the charities appreciate that. Uh, we specifically want to do a little shout out to the Golden Harvest Food Bank here in our area and, of course, Feeding America. Altogether, you helped us raise almost $3,000 for charity by supporting our uh, sales training uh, webinars. Now, just a side note, the next podcast here in sequence, because these play backwards by date, is going to be selling amidst COVID. So it's not that there's not great ideas there. There are, but it's going to seem a little weird. You just listen to a post-COVID, and then you're going to go listen to the next one, which is mid-COVID. So if you want to, just skip that next one. That's cool. And then go to the next podcast, which is all about prospecting. Clear as mud, right? <laughs> if I can be of help to you, we're doing all of our training virtually. I've got a full HD studio here in the office. Love to train your team in full HD video. Working really great. People are loving it. So reach out to me about that. You can find out more about us online over at RyanDorn.com. If you're in the ad sales business, check out 360AdSales.com. And if I could be of help, reach out to me, Ryan at RyanDorn.com. Hey, for my family, from our cast and crew here at Brainswell Media, we thank you so much for your support. All right, friends, we'll see you next month. And remember, if ad sales was easy, if sales was easy, everybody be doing it. And they're not. So we're either crazy which is possible, or we found a career that will feed our families for a lifetime. All right, God bless you all. Be safe out there. We'll see you on the next show.